And welcome back, y'all, to another episode of The Careful Boys. Ooh. Today we have Mr. Eric Nim. Oi! Thank you, thank you, thank you. Hi, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> so, uh, what do you do, man? Oh, shit, what do I do? This is, this is my first time meeting him. Yeah. Got it. Maybe second. He's, he's been on here before, but for those of you guys who are also new, you might have have seen him, so that's a really good question. What do you do? We had Eric on Ask the Expert. Yes. Mm. And he's Vietnamese, so we're like probably related. No, yeah, man. Yeah, we're definitely related. <laughs> Doma. Doma. <laughs> so I do actually a couple of things, besides being an assassin at nighttime and a, a dance floor genius as well. <laughs> he knows a lot of dance moves, he said. I actually, I actually run a, a full stack accounting company, and we support a lot of entity founders, entity projects, some of the biggest celebrities, and music artists in the world with their NFT taxes. And um, you know, pretty much all the big like NFT projects that you know about there, we'll probably have a hand in either helping them do their finances or act as their CFO. Wow. wow. Damn. And I'm a total like JPEG DGen. I got way too many JPEGs. Heck yeah. <laughs> how, do you, how did you get into like accounting for the crypto NFT space? Cause it just feels like it's so new. Yeah. But what's yeah. crazy, it's like Very when you're just like the regular like layman, right? Like you just hear about it and you're like, yeah. Oh, okay, so I guess NFTs is new. Then you look deeper and you're like, wait, there's already all this staff and stuff working behind the scenes for the past five years? Yeah. You're like, what the fuck? Right. How do you get into it? You know, that's a really good question. So like, I started, I've been in the accounting space for 14 years now. And I've been in crypto since 2017, like some of us, right? We've ri we rode that wave all the way to the bottom. Oh, I know, bro. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm up right now. And we're all up now, right? Yeah. When you first bought ETH, what was it at? Oh, man, when I first bought ETH, it was $346. Oh, wow. my God, man. We were, we were mining wow. ETH. Oh, my, my son God. and I, we, we, had, we bought like six graphics cards. We had a miner in our kitchen wow. that was like putting out all this heat. It was just so hot. And we're just mining Ethereum. We had no idea like how big it would get. We we knew it was big back then, but not at this size and scale. Yeah. And uh, we were mining Ethereum, and you know that's just how we got into the space. Mm, really wow. cool. What was the first NFT? Did you get a Crypto Kitty or some shit? Okay, so <laughs> he got a board eight, dude. <laughs> Actually, the first oh. NFT, and this is a this is a weird backward story, right? Like, so like two years ago, my son and I we lived in Bali, and then we came back, and then we took this. I took this breathwork course. Learned how to Wim Hof. Like Wim Hof, right? Oh. And then I ended up becoming good friends with a, uh, a, a girlfriend of a, a massive DJ in Las Vegas. Um, and so one day my son and I were going out to a car show in Las Vegas randomly, and we called my, my buddy. I was like, hey, you know, like, let's grab dinner before we head back to Orange County. And she's like, why don't you come over to Steve's house? So I'm just going to drop a first name, right? So, Aoki. We were all thinking <laughs> it. When you said it, we were all thinking it. Steve Wynn, huh? <laughs> he does DJ. He, he is. Yeah. He is a, quite the DJ. Wynn. Oh, they said DJN. DJN. Nice. So, so we end up rolling over, and it's like gate after security after security rolling to oh, this dude's wow. house. Steve Wynn's house is crazy. It's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> Steve Harvey, idiot. <laughs> Come on, guys. And then so we, we end up like nice. hanging out, and he looks at us and says, and it was like midnight. This was like after a late car show. He's like, he's like, hey, do you guys want to do sawn and ice bath cycles? And we're like, okay, this is a random what? question, but like, yeah. Sawdust and ice bath? Sauna. Sauna and ice bath. <laughs> Sawdust ice bath. Can you imagine that? I'm like, that's some new shit. I've never that's heard of that shit. You're not a fitness guru if you've never heard of the, the sawdust. <laughs> that's, that's some new biohacking shit right there. <laughs> So it's good for recovery. Like, it's good for recovery. We ended up sitting in this like sauna and we're cooking and we start just talking about all different stuff. And and Steve really starts enjoying the conversation with my son. And we start talking about crypto and then we jump in this ice bath thing. We're all freezing our asses off. And then he starts talking about like this project he's dropping. 
gets his first project and is back in February. It's Character X on Nifty Gateway. And he says, hey, in a week I'm gonna drop my project. And I was like, dude, like I've, I've just gotten to know this guy, right? So obviously I'm like, oh, he's a homie now, right? So I'm gonna, I'm gonna buy him this NFT. We drive back home. My son are like, I don't know what just happened. We just hung out at this dude's house. Um, How old is your son, by the way? He, he just turned 18. Wow. Oh, shit. Yeah. So he's a big dude. Does he think you're cool or does he think you're lame? <laughs> <laughs> you know most sons? Like, yeah, Let's call him. <laughs> Let's call him up. <laughs> I think a little bit of both. A little bit of both. He rolls his eyes at me all the time, but also, like, we have a really good relationship. That's tight. So we, uh, we get back, and then a week later, <laughs> this, this character X drops on, on Nifty Gateway, and I, I buy it. And then I, I somehow ended up like getting his cell phone number and we started chatting. And that's how like my NFT story began, right? And then so what- so Before then you didn't really, you weren't in the NFT? I thing? wasn't in the NFTs before. I was into crypto and I was trading crypto and like going, you know. This is recent then, because when we talked, you were mainly doing crypto and other accounting and, and stuff, right? Yeah. Yeah, so very recent. Yeah. And that's, this is what I think is really interesting about this Web3 space is things move so quickly and the thing is like Web3 rewards you for participating in this ecosystem. Yeah. And you see this with all these other tokens and airdrops. And we'll talk about that at some other point. But like, so I bought his <clears throat> and I put it in my wallet. I was like, okay, this is kind of cool. And I dabbled a little bit more in NFTs and then April came around. And for me, like my tax season ends April 15th. So tax season ended and I was like, I'm gonna buy myself the most ridiculous thing ever to reward me for like getting through another tax season. And this is when Board Ape Yacht Club was just rolling out. And so for me, like when I was in Bali, like I wear, okay, little story. I wear leopard print yoga pants. That's like my thing. That's his yeah. normal clothes. That's my normal. Actually, clothes. you guys, you guys would be friends. Really quick, I'd love, to see, I'd love to see you in this. So, so I love, I love like leopard print. And there's like a whole other story about cats and shit like that. So like I ended up going on OpenSea, and this one OpenSea was still kind of like fresh and new. And I look up Board Ape Yacht Club, and I'm looking around, and I find this Board Ape Yacht Club of like this leopard print ape with just like a tank top. <laughs> oh, tight. And it was half an ETH, and at the time, like all I knew was I'm paying half an ETH for a JPEG, which yeah. is later like, at the time, I think ETH was like three grand. Yeah. Half so an like ETH? 1,500 bucks. How yeah. much is it now? Okay, so I'll get to that part, right? Oh, God. Oh, Jesus. So I bought it for half an ETH, and I thought that was the most ridiculous thing ever. I put it in my MetaMask wallet, called it a day, went back to work, and forgot about it. Bought a couple of them or NFTs over the summertime. And then so what ended up happening it was in the fall is when they did the mutant ape drop. Mm. So that's that's what this logo is, the neon ape, right? And so what happened is right before that, I started getting offers for 30 ETH, for 40 ETH for this, oh, this ape, wow. right? Which is big money. I mean, you're going from, I, I literally spent, and just let's keep this in context, right? Like, like NFTs, are very speculative, right? Yeah. So just to be responsible, do your own research. This is not financial advice, but I'm a JPEG DJ. Um, I was getting offers for three. <laughs> Anthony is so eight. horny right now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think we, we all are. We all are. <laughs> You're basically cybering him right now. <laughs> so I'm getting offers for I'm like. Fingering myself under the table. Because <laughs> <laughs> it said a word, dude. <laughs> So I'm getting offers for like $120,000 for, for this JPEG. Holy crap, man. And then so I went on Facebook and I posted on Facebook, guys, I'm getting offers for like this for this eight. And a lot of people don't get it. And yeah. that's the thing, it's still very new, there's new technology. If you're a boomer like me, I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> what are you talking about? For JPEG? You're a JPEG? boomer? <laughs> I'm a boomer, dude. Are you? He's a millennial boom. I'll pay like pay three ETH for like a Pamela Anderson poster. <laughs> 
Come on, make that JPEG. I'm a boomer, dude. All the import models come back and do NFT projects. They should. That's genius. Francie D. Oh my god. They should. I remember from Hot Import Nights, man. Cause all the '90s dudes with money now. They oh my god, that's gonna touch him in the corazón. Touch him somewhere else. So I was getting. So I put up on Facebook, and everyone was like, "Oh, it's a scam. It's a bubble. Just sell it." And I'm like, "Nah, whatever." I was joking with my son. I was like, "Dude, we're getting like." big offers for this. And so my son, he loves like the Audi RS6 wagon. Yeah, He's like, dad, dad, you know, we could sell that right now and buy an RS6. <laughs> and I was like, ah, okay, let's just like, let's hang on. But like, so that night I was like, let me just put throw a ridiculous offer out there. I'm just gonna put my ape up for 50 ETH, which is like $150,000. Big money, right? <clears throat> put up for 50 oh. ETH just as like a joke. <laughs> and it sold right away? I told my son it was a joke. Oh my God. I went to sleep. And when you're when you're in an NFT space, you just get so immersed in it. The first thing you always do is you wake up and you look at OpenSea, right? It's just like how like how boomers like look at their newspapers. We wake up and look at FTX. Yeah, you, yeah, you go to FTX, you look at your your crypto position yeah. and everything. So I woke up and I was looking at my OpenSea. He's like, shit, where did my ape go? Did I get hacked? So you didn't even oh, realize you bought so you got it sold. I had no idea. Oh shit. And then I looked at my my wallet. There's 50 more ETH in it. But did you realize oh. that you charged too low? Because so, <laughs> that's what I was thinking. It's a porn A, dude. Okay, so, so at the time, that was an above market offer. So I was like, shit. Oh. And then so I looked at who bought it. Yeah. The chain smokers. Oh, oh shit. Man. Today's video is brought to you by Carology. All right, so me, believe it or not, I'm almost 50 years old. Just kidding. I'm closer to maybe 40. I've been using this for maybe the last three years, and I feel like. It's been chirologizing my face. You look I feel 25. like, thank you very much. I got preview best in skin, but it's a pretty awesome skincare product because guys, let's face it, when we go into the store, a lot of that stuff doesn't look like it's made for us. It's very confusing, okay? To me, there's only one kind of moisturizer. It's called lotion. That's all I know what to do. I just grabbed that. I don't know what a face wash is, any of that stuff. But Curology made this super easy and simple because they basically have this website that you can go in, click around. There's a survey, your goals, what you want for your beautiful skin. I say, I want anti-aging, okay? I don't want to look like my age. And a lot of people don't want to. A lot of people don't want to look older than they are, okay? I also have oily ass skin. Help me out. They created this formula just for me it has my name on it it does they send me a package here with a moisturizer face wash puts the thinking in the box so i don't even have to go to the store and be like oh i forgot my lotion right and here we go discreet cool little box comes to your front door every single month Bada bing, bada boom, boom. That's the best part, that it's a subscription, so you yeah. don't even have to go to the store and make that part of your shopping list anymore either. And also, you know how we'd be dry as hell in the desert? Yep. They got this lightsaber-looking chapstick that you can get separately, order, you know, and then it's really good. One-hand operation, because one it's a hand. push thing, you don't even yep. need to take the cap off. Whoosh, whoosh, like that. Guys, so if you want ultra-easy skincare that's actually made for your skin, 
Curology is the way to go, as you can see. You'll get a custom prescription cream made for you by a dermatology provider for your specific goals. Whether it's tackling acne, clogged pores, skin texture, dark spots, fine lines, or something else. You start by taking a short online skin quiz, and if that's a good fit, they'll ship you your formula right to your door just like this. Get started with Curology, just like I did, with a free 30-day trial at Curology.com slash off the record. Just pay $5 for shipping and handling. That's C-U-R-O-L-O-G-Y.com slash off the record to start your free 30-day trial. Cancel anytime. Prescription subject to consultation. So I and it was a blue check mark. So I was yeah. like, I don't know. So I went on Twitter and DM'd the chain smokers and said, hey, I don't know if it's you guys, but somebody with the chain smokers name bought my leopard print ape. Yeah. If it was you guys, I am super appreciative of it. I thought you say I want it back. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a joke. Yeah, I didn't know. That's my bolly pants. <laughs> Here's a picture for reference. <laughs> I'll pay you 55 ETH for it. I'll just send you a screenshot of it. We'll call it ETH. <laughs> right click save. We'll be good. We'll be good. And then so they texted back, and I'm still having, I still talk to them today. Like I just texted them today about the ape thing. So at the time, it was a really, for me, it was a, it was life, and it is life changing money, right? To go from like two grand to literally 140, yeah. 150,000 yeah. dollars. Life changing money. But in retrospect, now the floor is 110 ETH. Yeah. Oh my God! <sighs> right? Yeah. And today, they drop Ape Token, and people who are holding the original Ape, they literally got about $100,000 worth of token drop today. Oh. So I only had the mutant, which is the which is like the the second generation oh, of it. Yeah. So my airdrop that I got today was twenty grand. Mm. Which I mean, twenty wow. grand is a lot of money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like, I look back and I'm like, okay, I lost effectively hundred ETH. God. I mean, fifty. Fifty. ETH yeah. for the difference of what it's worth yeah. right now, plus a hundred grand of token. How come so, you didn't tell, text me to buy some shit? <laughs> <laughs> I know, man. You respond. You. You, you you DM me about my stories, but don't tell me nothing about the NFTs, man. If you would have told me, I would have been like, nah, I don't got any money right now. <laughs> if you would have told me, I would have been like, I'll find money. Up. Pamela Anderson poster <laughs> that's a, that's from a, VIP, not even Baywatch. But you know, like like just in the crypto space, like when people ask you about your crypto positions and you tell them, and then they buy it later when it's super pumped up, exactly, and it drops, yeah. they come back to you as if like they're mad at you. They're mad at you. Oh, dude, you should. I'm completely opposite. Like I ne see, I never tell anybody what to buy, ever, because I that exact I hate that shit. But people expect that I will be that way, and I'm like, no, no, you don't know me. So you tell Bart, Bart will be like, that's great advice. I'm not gonna buy it, right? <laughs> you tell me, I'm gonna go. Let me get a loan out for a hundred grand, and I'm gonna buy Jeez. it right now. And then a week later, he's like, what is it again? <laughs> What's ultimate, that that's like D-Gen, ultimate. I just Pelosi everybody. <laughs> so with like, um, you know when like, Russia invaded Ukraine and like stocks dropped and everything, do the prices of NFTs, do they take a hit during that period? So what, what's, what you're seeing is, there's a general pool of liquidity in the market. That's what a lot of us need to understand. What does that mean? Kind of like flow of money. It's like a water around, going around. <laughs> yeah, like so. Why are you bring water into this? <laughs> Think of this cup as like the old, like the total amount of liquidity in the market. Like amount of money in the world. The amount of money that's flowing in the world. Mine's so, dark. Okay, so yours is a little bit darker and larger. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, so, so when certain market events happen. 
people become more risk averse and they pull liquidity out of the market. They cash out. They cash out yeah. to get back in cash positions for safety. Yeah. So it ends up happening when that happens, it causes everyone else to sell and it causes this cascade mm. of markets being affected across the board, mm -hmm. right? So you saw the stock market cascading down, you saw crypto cascading down, and NFTs are inherently much more speculative than even crypto, which is super speculative. So it hits even harder? It hits even harder. Oh. But at the same time too, because NFTs and JPEGs are fundamentally more illiquid there is some kind of protection there because like people can't sell even if they drop the price so it holds kind of the value in its own bizarre twisted way are you saying the next time a, con a country gets bombed i should go on OpenSea? <laughs> kind of so i mean I well i mean this saying. this happened when the, this happened when the pandemic first happened right you yep. could see you could see the stocks just take this crazy dive yes. and then it went <laughs> Exactly. Every single time there's like red in the streets, there's always the time people are supposed to buy. Yes. Yeah. How come it's not red more? It is. It's hella red. Like the last three years have been crazy. We need freeways like just falling apart or something. <laughs> <laughs> You're gonna be the guy. Huh? You just moved out of LA. I'm gonna put a fucking dynamite under the 405. Like, Go on OpenSea now. OpenSea. <laughs> That's what he does. Kills a bunch of people. Looks at OpenSea. It's not working yet. Bart's trying to be like George Soros right now. And destroy nation so you can fucking buy low. That's the plot of Pelham 123, literally. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, shit. So you can buy low? Yeah, I don't got no bored apes or nothing. But, like, at the end of the day, like, <laughs> at the end of the day, like, this is really interesting emergency technology. You're yeah, buying it into is. communities. It's crazy, though, the, the, the way that people are just, like, coming up so hard on crypto. Even me, too. Like, I'm like, damn. Like, the the uh, it's just the the volatility it's just fucking crazy like people it's are your like, favorite part. Are <laughs> <laughs> he's like hi do you see how happy he is about it you think stocks are risky man this is a heart attack like every day it is yeah. my my homie when I was first getting into NFTs too um, my homie put an analogy that made sense uh, to me like stocks he's like it's like why would you buy fucking a, a JPEG for like thousands of dollars and then it's like well Obviously, it's speculative, uh, speculative. Obviously, it's a gamble in one sense, but in another sense, it's if you actually do the research and think about the people behind that project, it's like investing into a stock. It's like, are you paying $3,000 for like a stock of that company, understanding that the future of whatever the culture, the branding, the, the adoption, the, the, the team that is developing shit behind the scenes or whatever, are they going to turn that into a much more you know, a valuable company in some yeah. way, shape, or form. Like we work. So, like we work, exactly. <laughs> and you got your crazy stuff, you got your things that are like fueled only on hype, yeah. that have like nothing behind it, that have no promises, no roadmaps, right? And, and those ones, it's like, it's all speculative, and, and if everybody loves it, they love it. But there are a lot of other projects out there that are, if they have an actual roadmap that has something that is effective for the people that buy into it, that's also really, really cool to invest in. Like and then there's also like 99% yeah. of NFT projects that are rug pulls, so. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, <laughs> this happens in the stock shit, world baby. too. It's not like, well, I don't know why people act like stocks are the only things that are safe and then like crypto is all like a Ponzi scheme. Because well, like, they had 100 years to look at it. But it, th there's the same scams and rug pulls and everything. Those terms came from stocks, you know what I mean? Like. They yeah. did that in stocks with, you know, they would pump and dump. All those words, they came from the stock world. So I guess the only thing that's different, I guess, is you have a tangible business. And this is what makes it less speculative is like you're looking at a market where there's industry or whatever. But still, companies manipulate their numbers, 
show, you know, please their stock like owners and everything just so people will pump that stock. That's still a strategy just as much as like pulling out news for crypto and saying like, hey, all this stuff is happening in crypto right now. Buy this coin. You know, it's it's like I don't really get that difference where people make it seem like it's two totally different things. But in my mind, investing is pretty similar if you look at the fundamentals in all across the board. Yeah, I, I will say the uh, obviously what makes it a lot easier for stocks, right? And this is all fucking does shit. But for the sake of talking about layman's things, it's like one regulation, right? Mm -hmm. uh, two, a singular currency, so everybody understands every single trade is like still acting on the same currency and like almost semi-consistent form of like evaluation, yeah. right? And then uh, on top of that too, it's like with stocks because they're like quote unquote like publicly traded. Right, it's like the idea—the idea of like somebody behind the scenes pulling like a stock company off the public traded market and disappearing in some right. decentralized way. It's like that's not that's not the same language or lingo that is is becoming familiarized with everybody in the crypto scene nowadays, or, or at least the fudders, right? So it's kind of like, and that happens. That hella happens. People people get scammed like every fucking day in in the in the blockchain space, yeah. and yeah. but that's also why people are winning like crazy in the blockchain space too. You know, yeah. so. I think too, you're, you're looking at different economies of scale in terms of size, right? So let's talk about this this dark black coffee, right? <laughs> so let, let's think of this as like your general stock market right now. It's it's in the hundreds of trillions of dollars of market cap of all these companies and everything. And the, the general market cap for crypto is under a trillion dollars, I believe it is. Or two something trillion. Like that, or two yeah, trillion. trillion. Yeah. Yeah. So it's magnitude smaller, but what that also means is <clears throat> the same amount of capital being deployed in the crypto markets could really influence the markets much more heavily than in the general stock market. Mm. Like if you go and you buy $10 million of Apple stock, it's gonna do marginal you know, improvements to the, the price of the stock, yeah. where people are like, oh, somebody bought 10 million of stock, which is not a big deal. But if you went and bought $10 million of Luna, for example, somebody's gonna be like, dude, a whale's in this thing, and everybody's gonna dogpile in and drive the price of it up. Yeah. That's true, because people don't really look at market cap when they look at coins, and then like someone could not easily influence Bitcoin, you could have hundreds of millions of dollars and not influence Bitcoin as much as let's say a shit coin that only has a market cap of 100 million or even 10 million. So if I come in with 1 million and and that only has a 10 million dollar market cap, like I'm gonna make movements. And then this is where people, it's called like rallying up and then like they see the pump and they're like, oh wow, I'm excited. This coin is doing great because it's gonna go from $1 to now three or whatever, right? But then if you can't see, if you don't understand the market cap and the market size, then it, it's easily like manipulated. And the biggest thing too is like there's this, this concept called survivorship bias. And survivorship bias, and the whole story behind it was like back in World War II, there's researchers that studied all the airplanes that are coming back from the war, and they're like, hey, how do we armor up our planes more to make them more effective? And so the planes that are coming back, they had bullets on the fuselage and some of the wings and shit like that. Mm. So like, oh, let's armor up the fuselage. Mm. But there's this one researcher and statistician that said, no, if they have all these bullets that are in the fuselage and they made it back, that's not the problem. Mm. The problem is you're getting too many bullets in the engine. We need to armor up the engine. So that survivorship bias is we see other people that, that made 10 or 20 or 100x on one random shit coin. And we believe that, oh, if we buy into this token, that we're gonna make yeah. this ton of money too. So there's definitely a lot of human psychology in the markets that is just super fascinating. And the more you understand just how we think as humans, just like what you said with like the Ukraine situation or war, and you always sell the news and you buy like when everybody has blood in the street, 
it's, it's all these things. There's a lot of psychology beyond just this technical analysis of like, oh, there's the double-headed shoulder wave or whatever it is. Yeah. There's human psychology. So we got to get well. good at manipulating people. <laughs> the unfortunate part, but yes, yeah, there there is definitely a facet of that in these small <laughs> markets, right? That plays a really big role. <laughs> <laughs>